0: Kidding! It's such a privilege always to share, and I'm so thankful to the Lord that He always goes before us, and He He prepares a way. And I want to thank Pastor John for that word this morning because you had I didn't talk. He hasn't been here all week, and I haven't shared anything with him. And it just always amazes me. It shouldn't amaze me the way it amazes me, but it always amazes me yeah. of how God speaks, and He he fine tunes and he wants us to listen and he wants us to hear something very specific. So I'm so encouraged by that this morning. If you don't remember the word that he shared, which I know there's so many distractions around us, go back online and listen to this message again and you will see the tie-in of what God is speaking, what he's sharing. You know, we've been learning, uh, having somewhat of a series of learning Christ and we've been talking about coming to him. One week was following him. Another week was being fruitful as you become his disciple. And this week I want to talk about in learning Christ is overcoming in Christ. My heart is so full, so help me this morning. The main text that I want to look at, you will turn in your Bibles with me. I know it will be up here on the screen, but I also want you to see it if you can. So look up here, look up close John 16, 33 says this, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. This is where we're starting, so I want you to do something with me. Might seem silly, but I want to take, and I want you to put your seatbelt on. Can you do that for me? might be a little bumpy this morning. But keep that seatbelt on for just a moment, <laughs> for your safety and the safety of those around you. Just kidding. So here we are in John sixteen thirty three, where God is saying, "These things I have spoken to you, that you might have peace." But I want to start with a story. Do you ever feel as though you can't hear God in the chaos that is going on today? so many conflicting news broadcasts, posts on social media, he said this, she said that, they said this, false narratives, opinions, misinformation, misdirection, fake news, too much news, bad news, headlines, (laughs) intentions to stir up and divide. Where's the peace? I am constantly waking up in turmoil sometimes, I'm like, why did I even open up my phone? There is chaos all around. I can tell you feel me this morning. I'm not the only one. Thank you, Jesus. Even if I turn it off and unplug it, it just doesn't stop. And here Jesus says, in me, you might have peace. Today, we're going to unpack this verse and open up this passage and see that God, how God is speaking, how he wants to give us peace. And how we are to overcome in this world. I can't touch on everything today. But what I can is I can be a catalyst for what God is about to do and what he is doing. So keep your seatbelt on. Let's go. What has he spoken? These things I have spoken unto you. When I was a kid, I always wanted to hear God's voice. I wanted to know he was real. This seems very basic but it's something we need to come back to. When I was a kid, I remember sitting in my family room and I'm like, God, will you just show me that you're real? And so then I asked a deeper question. I said, well, let the curtain move. This is a childlike faith. We need to get back to this people. And you know what happened? The curtain moved and I went, oh! And then I went over and I'm like, oh, there's a vent there, the heater just turned on. And then I said, well, Lord, Okay, will you do this, and he, he answered again, and then I finally said, I'm just going to go outside, forget it, this is probably just natural stuff in my house. You see how we reason against, we ask, and he answers, and then we shut it down. Right. He is speaking, and we often shut it down. I went outside, I said, okay, God, if you are really, really, we lived on a, in a cor- on a corner house, we had this big, like, mound of something and trees, and you couldn't really see around the corner. I'm like, okay, then let a dog come walking around the corner. I don't know why I was a kid. I don't know what I was asking. I was just asking God, show me that you're real. And a person came walking around. I'm like, see, it was a person, not a dog. Guess what came following behind them? God was willing to answer because I was hungry to find out, are you real? He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to hear him speak so that you will have peace. What is Jesus saying? What does he go before us to say? In John 15, he went before his disciples. He said, hey, the world hated me. So it will hate you. But remember the word that I spoke to you. God is speaking. His spirit is speaking to us. He wants to talk to us, church. He is faithful to answer. In John 16, before this verse, it says... That Jesus was preparing his disciples because he was about to leave. I've heard many Christians say, Well, you know, it's hard to follow Christ because I can't really see him. It's not really tangible. Or they make excuses for not wanting to listen in and lean in to what he's saying. And he prepared his disciples. He said, And the, he's saying, Things are about to come. Things are about to happen. There's stuff coming. We've got some stuff going on around us, don't we? And he wanted to comfort them and said, I will give you the Holy Spirit and the Spirit will speak with my authority. And whatever he hears me speak, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. How many of you would like to know of things to come? I don't want to be taken by surprise, but there's things coming. There's already things here, but there's some things coming church that we know not of. How will you find peace? 1 Timothy shows us. I'm going to take you in a lot of word today. I hope you're ready to just dive in with me. 1 Timothy 4.2 says, The Spirit speaks expressly that in latter times... See, even back then, Jesus was speaking of a time now. And it still applies today. The Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisies, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. When God speaks and you dismiss it, something happens in your heart. It becomes a little bit hard. The more we hear God speak and the more we dismiss it, our heart gets harder and harder and harder, just like that seared iron. You ever been burned and then try and touch something? You've lost the feeling. We have lost, as a church in America, we have lost the ability to hear God. We've dismissed him so often. We don't allow it to penetrate. We don't. I've heard people. Now, this is not to just tattle on people, but I, I have friends and a couple that don't go to this church, but have said to me, and I was, I didn't respond to them, but I was, it was eye opening. You know, when people say things, and you're like, oh, that's really the state that we're in. One said, I'm not going to go to this church over here because I don't like walking out feeling like condemned and like I, I need to do something. And I thought, how sad is that? But how often it's true. We want to walk in church and we want to feel good. Now I'm not here to condemn you this morning, but I am here to bring the Holy Spirit in and say, here church, will you listen? Will you lean in? Will you be changed? You cannot get into the presence of the Lord and not be changed. You cannot. It is impossible. His word is powerful. So don't dismiss His words to protect your way of living. Or the choices that you want to make. Don't lose the ability to respond to him because you're not hearing what he's speaking. We need to get back into his word. This is something I know is dear to Pastor Jonathan, our heart, something we're sharing with our teams and we're sharing with the people that we're meeting with and mentoring. And you got to get back to the basics of the word you got to get into the word and hear what he is saying. Don't tell me you can just come to church and have it linger all week long. I'm sorry. Go back. What did I say? Daily bread? Daily bread. Where's the daily devotion in your life? Where's that daily leaning in? God, what are you saying today? I know for me, God has been speaking very specifically things. Doesn't mean my feelings, my emotions aren't there and I'm not caught up and I'm like, not in turmoil. There's stuff going on. But I have to come back and say, God, I will sit there physically in my car, in my bathroom. Say, God, I'll put my hands out. God, you spoke. Thank you for speaking. Don't put my emotions under your control. Under the, I want to be under your covering. Teach me how to navigate in this. But you already went before me and you spoke to give me peace. When I was around nine years old, how many of you remember Missionettes, Royal Rangers? Woo, Missionettes. Some of you are like, what in the world is that? Okay, so it was like a girls club and a guys club and you did all these things. And, um, Anyways, we went to a, a Missionettes camp in California and we went to Santa Cruz. I never Anybody know Santa Cruz boardwalk, the beach? Love the beach, love the waves, woo hoo. Um, Washington's a little different. Uh, <laughs> The beaches are not sandy. If <laughs> you just moved here, I'm sorry. I can comfort you later. Um, we're in Santa Cruz, and I was sitting on the beach. Friends are playing over somewhere on the boardwalk, somewhere at the beach, and I decided I'd go swimming. So I went out into the ocean, and I'm I'm sitting there, and then a wave hits me, and I'm not. I'm, I was very, I was kind of puny back then, and um, a wave hit me and knocked me over, and I started tumbling, and I could remember in my head, this is it. I, I, I couldn't find the sand. I couldn't find the top of the water. I just kept going over and over. Finally, my, I felt the sand with my hand. I put my feet down and I stood up, got a breath of air, no joke, another wave hit me and knocked me over again. I crawled to shore and I realized no one saw me. I'm like, where's my leaders? <laughs> I don't know. I, was, I just knew that no one saw me and no one knew that that happened to me. How is this like our life today, where we're getting hit over and over and over again? The peace is gone. But how do we find peace knowing where we can stand? Have you lost your peace? Are you hearing him? Unstop your ears. Encounter his word again. This is not a new thing that the enemy comes in one thing after another, after another to take the word out of your heart. It's not a new thing, church. But Jesus spoke that we would hear him. Another scripture, very practically, Matthew 13. If you want to turn there, you can. This is verse 18 through 23. This is when he's explaining the parable of the seed. Everybody know the parable of the seed? I hope everybody is familiar. If not, you need to go read the chapter before this. Get in your Bible. It's good. Good stuff. So he comes in here and he's explaining the sower and the seed. And the seed of his word. And he says, okay, I've explained this parable to his disciples. So tell us a little bit more about this. So he begins to expound. And he begins to explain it. And again, the simplicity of this word is what I want you to hear today. Don't close your ears because I've heard this story. I you know this story. Don't shut it out this morning, church. So it says in Matthew 13, 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word, first of all, in every one of these examples, there wasn't a problem with the hearing. What is God speaking? If anyone hears the words of the kingdom and does not understand it, I know so many, so many people, I've, I've used this excuse where I don't understand the word. Most people say, well, I, you know, it's just too many names in the Bible, I just don't understand. That's like this much of the Bible. You read through the names, the names are hard to pronounce. Yes. No, I'm the only one that can't pronounce biblical names. Okay. I need your help. Um, we make excuses for hearing the word. They don't understand it. So he says, the wicked one will come. And snatches the word away. How easy is it for the devil to come because you lack understanding? Where does understanding come? From getting into the word and studying it. Again, you have your seatbelt on. Please don't take it off. I love you, church. I love you. This, this seatbelt is for your safety. I told you that this morning. So he snatches it away. Let's go to the next one. The next one is he who hears. Let's go to that. Can you go to the next slide? There you go. But he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. How many joyful? Yes, Lord. That's not wrong. I'm not dogging this. We do, we joyful receive it. And yet has no root in himself. What did you talk about last week? Abiding? No root in himself, but endures for a while. We can you can endure for a while hearing and receiving, be happy you received it. But when it doesn't have a root, because it says what? For when tribulations or persecutions arise, because of the word you stumble. God doesn't say this to condemn you. He says it so that you will overcome and say, if you will have root in you, you will overcome tribulation. Read it differently. You hear the word. Receive with joy. Let it take root. Because when there's tribulations, persecutions, because of the word, you won't stumble. That's the way I'm going to read it. You won't stumble. But what if heavy trials threaten you? Or sinful advantages may be had you give up. This is where we are. And God wants to call us out. Are you hearing him speak? So that you will have peace. I don't have peace when I'm not rooted. I get emotional. <laughs> Ask my husband. I'm not that bad, am I? No, good good answer. Thank you. I get emotional. I get worried. One of my biggest things was worry. When I was in college and I, I had my sister. I, God bless my sister. She's amazing. But she was like, stop worrying. And people say worries a sin. I'm like, whatever. No, it's not. This is just me, and I I have too much going on, and I excuse myself. You ever excuse yourself? Okay, good. I'm not good. Let me rephrase that. So let's go to the next one. That there are those who hear, receive the seed among thorns, is the one who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes out the word. And he becomes unfruitful. Where have we allowed the word to be choked out because of what we're holding on to? Then the last one was those who hear and understand. Meaning they've joined it to themselves. They've joined together in their mind to be transformed in their mind. The word transforms us. It changes us. It gives us a different mindset, a different outlook. That's how powerful it is. Ephesians 6 says, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore. Put on the armor of God. Church, we are in a battle. And we need to pick up that armor again and battle. That's the only way we're going to survive. His words are powerful. They are life. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword to the dividing asunder between your soul and your spirit. I need a little divide there. It exposes our innermost thoughts and our desires. Yeah. Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Romans says, Faith comes by hearing. hearing. Psalms 10 says, 107 says, he sent his word and he healed them. His word is powerful. What are you hearing today? Let's get back to his word. He says, I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. So let's talk about peace a little bit. God wants us to have peace. He shows us how to live through tribulations so that we will have peace. So that we can rise above it and not come under it. Here it's interesting though in this passage, he says that you might have. And I looked at that and I said, wait a second. Might? <laughs> maybe? <laughs> I do this with my children when they ask me questions. Can we go to, and I'm like, maybe. My kids, I think I've learned that the maybe is mostly yes <laughs> for me. Others, I've heard um, some other children's, children in this congregation, I won't name names, said, oh, my parent says maybe it's a no. <laughs> so uh, this is you might. Why is it might, Lord? Why is it might? It's a conditional on hearing and receiving and obeying His word. We ha- the word have here means to hold, to possess, to cling to. Jesus is offering us peace. He says, "Here." You can have peace in the midst of this chaos and this tribulation and this confusion in this world. You can have peace if you will cling to my word. Hope is never lost. Jesus gave us the victory by how he lived and how he died. Even if you are to face death, hear me out. Even if you face death, will you call it a defeat? Or will you call it a victory in Christ? Amen. I don't want to smooth over and say everything's going to be okay. That's, that's what we do here in America. It's going to be okay. God should deliver us all. And then, then people question, why hasn't God delivered me? Because he, he's going to give you the peace and the power to overcome and get through it. But through it, we think we don't. there's nothing there. We don't do you see what I'm saying? Through it may be, look different for each and every one of us. Through it, maybe you walk to the other side. Through it, maybe you die for your faith. Where are you willing to stand? God is speaking in His Word through and through and through. We have to hear it because we will have peace through it. Psalm 63 says, my soul clings to you and your right hand upholds me. Last week we talked about John 15. And in verse 9 it said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. If you keep, if you hold on to my commandments, you will abide in my love. And then a few verses later it says, I spoke these things so that my joy can remain in you. So here we have kind of a pressing in. Come on, guys, let's get in the word. Let's get deeper. Let's, let's let the Lord talk to us. Let's let him speak to us and respond to it. Because I want you to have joy. I want you to have my love. And I want you to have my peace. It only comes through him. You're going to love this one. I did. Well, I, I loved it. I hope you love it too. And this one, I looked up the word peace. Again, I love studying the word. It's just, oh, gets me going. Peace means rest, tranquility. It also means exemption from the rage and havoc of war. Heard a lot about exemptions, lady. Here's an exemption I do want to get behind. Thank you, Jesus. I am exempt from the havoc. I'm exempt from the rages of war because I have his peace. I have peace and the assurance of my salvation. If you don't have that today, you can have it. It's yours today, right now, in this place. Assurance of salvation. Peace that you do not belong to this world. Peace that you are going to live forever with him in heaven. Peace that you will overcome. I am exempt. Now, does this mean, this doesn't mean there's an absence of chaos or an absence of war or conflict. Peace only comes through Jesus and in him. So you guys following me this morning? We've got, he's speaking so that we might have peace. Next he says, in this world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. Ever say tribulations, yay. I don't hear the yay part. You will have, now this is an assurance. This isn't a might, this isn't a maybe, this is you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. So let's talk about tribulations just for a little bit. I know, this is the fun part of the message, so you got your seatbelt on? Okay, I'm not talking about the stores being out of toilet paper. That's not a tribulation, just to be clear. Go backpacking and you'll understand what I mean, what it's really like to be out of toilet paper. enough said (laughs) tribulations are those things that pressure that persecute us that trouble us that burden us it means that we are afflicted and pressed by the siege and the calamities of war and we are in a war we are in a war for our faith and to stand for Jesus. We're in a war within and without. So as I talk about tribulations, let the Lord and the Holy Spirit, I want you to just lift your hands for just a moment. I know we're going deep. I know we're going fast. Yes. But just lift your hands and close your eyes. And I just want you to say, Lord, speak to my heart of the tribulations within and without so that I will have your peace. Speak to my heart. I open myself up to you, Holy Spirit, to have your way right here and right now. You may put your hands down. Sometimes things and tribulations come on come within us because of our own desires and others just because of the world we live in. But to both we can become entangled. And to both we can overcome. How many of you are battling an internal struggle? or a battle for your faith to remain strong. This is normal. You're not alone. Maybe in your mind, your thoughts, running to and fro, fighting depression. Maybe you're fighting suicide or sadness, anger, lust. Your mind needs to be renewed by the power of his word. And by his word and by his speaking, he will set you free. But there's something in the world and the patterns and the mindsets that entangle us and that ensnare us and cause us to not live out our Christianity. I want to give you an example. There's, by very practically, and I hope you see how this applies, the patterns of this world and things of this world constantly counteract how we're supposed to live as a Christian. And we just accept them as what is. We all do this. I do this. And I pray that God's word will transform me so that I don't live according. So much more are we to live according to God's word and not according to this world. Scripture says that in the last days, the righteous will become more righteous and wickedness will become more wicked. Where are you standing and which side are you going to stand on? We have to be different than this world. We have to show that we can overcome. I don't know about you. I don't want just a Christian. I want to live in heaven with Jesus, my Savior. The love of my life. I'm sorry, honey. I love you too. But he is the love of my life. And I want to live forever in his presence. Because he has brought healing to my life. He has brought me freedom. So why don't I stand on the Lord's side? I get to choose it. I get to walk in it. But if you're so entangled, what are you supposed to do? He's here to set you free so that you can live in his righteousness and in his presence. The pattern of this world, one idea that I just want to share with you. Just very simply, so you can see how just even the smallest things, the Bible says the little foxes spoil the vine. You've heard that? See, we've heard these things. Where we go, oh, but this doesn't spoil me. I can do this anyway. You do that like I do? Maybe it's just me. One is the idea of ghosting somebody. Everybody heard of that term before? Anybody ever done it? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> ghosting somebody is one of those things where you, you kind of shut somebody out usually online, social media, texting, whatever, you shut them out. It's a pattern of our world, and it's idea that you avoid and fear conflict, or proceeding to show dominant power over someone or a situation. It is said that this is to have the same effect as physical pain. It teaches you to not care about the impact or the consequences of your actions. So how much, and I'm not here to say, okay, if you've done this, we've all had these moments, okay? But here's what I'm trying to show you. is that a simple thing of a worldly pattern and a word that goes around and around, especially in our younger culture, I was ghosted. It's kind of a funny, you know, we laugh at it. But it's not, what does the Bible say? Matthew five twenty three through 24 says, we are to go to our brother if we are offended and be reconciled. Yeah. Ghosting does not sound like I went to my brother to be reconciled. Right. It was more the talk to the hand. You remember that phrase we used to do? Yeah. This is kind of talk to the hand phase of ghosting. It's the new generation of talk to the hand. People, again, people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Ask your parents, they'll know. But see how much the patterns of the world, that's just something simple. The pattern of the world is not to be our pattern to follow. But we take it in, we go, well, this is what everybody else does, so this might be what I do. Because the word hasn't gone in you. You've forgotten what the power of the word is like. It's so easy for the devil to come in and take the word of God out of our hearts. It needs to take root, church. This is supposed to be... I hope this is encouraging to you. I know it's tough. You still got your seatbelt on. I haven't seen anybody run out the door yet, so we're good. Another example I want to share, a personal example. Well, I had a standard in my life when I was in college. And the enemy came after that standard in me. I was at work, my doctor's office where I worked. And... um, there's only like four employees there, it's not a very big office. <laughs> but a lady comes in for an eye exam, and she's, she begins to sh- talk pretty rudely about her spouse, who's sitting in the car. I'm sitting there going, I'm about 19, 20 years old. And I'm thinking, wow, okay, this lady's very unhappy. Um, she's complaining to all of us who don't know her about her spouse. And then she looks at me, she's like, you're young, She's like, make sure you try the shoe on and make sure it fits. Before you go in there, I was like, what, what, what are you talking about? Are you think, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but is that what you're really saying? Basically saying, have sex before marriage. You should try this out. Make sure it it's because you might get in the same situation. And I looked at her and I, and I was like, she's. and she asked me, are you dating anybody? I said, yes. And she said, well, then you need to make sure. And I looked at her and I said, no, I don't. And then she looked at me. She's like, you're telling me that you have a boyfriend and you're how old did you ask me my age? And you've never slept with him? I said, no. And I don't intend to. And for the next 15 minutes, standing in my workplace, she began to berate me about this, that I should. And she didn't believe me. She said, I don't believe you. No one's ever done that. I couldn't believe the words. My coworkers who are not saved and who live in, a, in some of their craziest lifestyles, began to defend me. But I'll tell you what it did. The world was saying, live this way. This is how you're supposed to do it. And I'm over here going, no, it's not. God spoke to me and I'm going to live by his word. It's constantly, the world is constantly after. Berating your faith, berating your trust in what God says. But we have to go back. What did God say? Because he's always questioning from the very beginning. To Adam and Eve, what did he do? Did God really say? Mm -hmm. I could have easily, as a young person, been confused. And call it, oh, you know, I was confused. So I'm just going to try it and see if they're right. I don't want to see if they're right. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to feel terrible. I'm going to lose my peace. I want peace before God. Not before men. That's how we overcome church. I don't have peace in this world, but I'm going to have peace before my heavenly father. This encounter fueled something in me as a young person. This is why we care so deeply about the young people in this church. That's a side note. Will you pray with us over our young people church? They need Jesus. They need an encounter with him. This world is after them so hard, so hard. He's taught them, this is the way you walk." But Jesus said, "I'm over here and I love you and I want you to be free. They're not free. There's so many of you would just see them. They're not free. They're bound, they're bound. I know we want some of us to say, I just want it all to go away. There's some of us who are a little passive aggressive people. I have some of those moments to speak to myself. We want to be passive and say, God, just take this from me. Have you ever prayed that before? Be honest. I pray that God just take this from me, I don't want to deal with this. But Jesus prayed for his disciples in John seventeen. I do not pray that you should take them out of this world, but that you should keep them from the evil one when Jesus was facing the cross as our example he said Jesus he said oh father if it is possible that this cup pass how many of us say God just pass this cup I want to just pass it pass this cup for me but Jesus was also our example when he said I can overcome this world he said nevertheless not as I will but as you will It is the will of God, church, that we understand what's coming, that we know it, that we have peace, and that we overcome. Pastor Jonathan, I'm asking you to come up here for a second. I've got an example I'd like to show you. If you guys can, can you guys do this with me? I love visual aids, it comes from my many years of kids' ministry. Yes, you know, he already knows what I'm going to do to him. <laughs> So there are entanglements that we have, and I want to just demonstrate this for you, if I can. How many of you can see this? This is not a very thick string, right? Doesn't seem very strong. He's very strong, so I hope this works. <laughs> it might backfire, I mean, I So can you just hold the end in one hand? Yeah, and then just put your put your arms up like this, a little bit apart. A little bit. There you go. Okay, you can face them. Turn. There we go. So we can see. Okay. Um, When we're entangled, whether it's things of this world, or it's battles that we have internally, we battle so many things, our desires, things of the world said, it's okay to do this, it's okay to look at that on your screen, it's okay to say this, it's okay to be involved in that. There's entanglements that we have politically. There's entanglements that we have in causes, we can get so entangled if we're not hearing God speak in his word and what his word is saying. We can't counteract it. So this is what happens. We get entangled. And the things around us just keep wrapping themselves. Again and again. If I can do this. And again. I don't know what your entanglement is this morning. But sometimes we look at our entanglements and we go, how in the world can I have peace? How can I be free? Mm. This world's ways are so strong. This world's ways, ways are, it just seems so powerful. I don't know how to get around it. I don't know how to live through it. I don't know what God's word says. I haven't been, wait a minute. I feel lost. I feel stuck. I feel broken. I feel hurt. What are you going to do when you're entangled? And what does God want to do? Can you actually break that? Can you break it? Can you break it? Okay, stop. He's, he's actually, he's like, this is a challenge, Can try, don't, don't, don't do anything, let me try this again. It seems like a little thing. Right. This string, that one thing you look at, that one thing that you give into, seems like a little tiny thing. It's not going to make much difference. It's not going to make much difference in my walk with God if I just dabble in this. If I take the side on this, it's not going to matter much. Oh, it matters. Because one little thing becomes many things. But Christ says, I have come that you might have life and that you might overcome the evil one, and I have set you free. I'll stay here for a moment. And once you have his word inside of you, if you've never experienced this kind of freedom, then you need to get up here to this altar this morning and say, God, I need you to set me free because that's what he wants for your life. And once you have his word inside of you, I'm going to show you something else. Is when go ahead and put your hands back up. You can hold on to this one. Thank you, honey. You're doing awesome, everybody. John, give it to Jonathan. Right? <laughs> when the when it, things come to entangle us, and also we say, wait a minute, we start to recognize I'm being entangled. Something's trying to trap me. But you remember God's word and what His word says. The truth has come to make you free. So go ahead and break it. It's not as hard to break free from it because you have His word inside of you. You can sit down. Let's give John, Pastor Jonathan a hand. I hope you see that this morning. Just a little something that you will remember. That Christ has come to set us free. He can set us free from every little entanglement. From the biggest to the smallest. He, by his word he has come to set us free. So the last part where he's speaking so we can have peace. And though tribulations will come. We have cheer because he has overcome the world. This is the last part we're going to be talking about this morning, so just hang with me. You're still with me, church? Yes. Okay. Overcome here it means to conquer. I always wanted to be the conqueror. I always wanted to be the good at something, but in school, for some reason, on teams, my poor daughter, I think, has the same, same thing with her poor girl, um, I was always on the losing team. <laughs> it always felt terrible. I, I won some things and went at some things, but um, even my daughter, when she's been on soccer teams, she's been on volleyball teams, she's always, they've never won a game. <laughs> it's not her, but you know, we all have this and, and, and thing in us that we want to win, we want to conquer what well, we can. Christ was victorious over his foes, and as a Christian, we need to hold fast to our faith, even unto death, against our foes, temptations, and persecutions. You know, we're talking about the bands, I'm reminded of Daniel, the, sorry, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, their original names. They were bound because they wouldn't bow to the idol, they wouldn't bow to this world. And you know what they said? I'm going to remind you what they said. You're like, I know this story, but now I'm going to remind you. They, they went to the king and they said, if our God, they didn't say, we know our God. They said, if our God is going to deliver us, he's going to deliver us from your hand. But if not, if he doesn't deliver us here and now, we're not going to bow. This world says bow. Lose your faith. Set it aside. Come over here. We're so afraid of tribulations and persecutions. We're afraid of it. I'm afraid of it. I've been afraid of it. I still have moments where my like, God, ground me in your word so that I know as this comes, I can stand in you and not be afraid. Jesus taught in Christ. We have to learn him again. We have to learn Christ. He taught his disciples how to live according to the power of his word and the power of his spirit. There's an author, a quote. I hope you can put it up here. If you would, it says from author McLaren um, I found this and I love this It said, the world conquers me when it comes between me and God When it fills my desires and when it absorbs my energies And when it blinds my eyes to the things unseen and eternal How much is that of today? Constantly our peace is trying to be taken from us Our ability to overcome is constantly being taken from us But it doesn't have to be taken from you Christ is here to set you free. So, we have a. Lastly, I want to just touch on this, if I may. Keep your seatbelt on for this, church. We have an American problem. We've been conformed to this world and fashioned to become the pattern of this society. There's an American dream that we always talk about. and This is not to berate or to, to dog the American dream. I love our freedoms. Don't get me wrong. But the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness is not in the scripture. That's a dream and I'm, I'm thankful. I know many people in this church have come from other places and they're like, I'm so thankful to be free. You have no idea what it's like where I lived. So I'm grateful for that. But I also don't want to forget the biblical pattern by which Christ has asked us to live. We have exchanged an American Christianity Biblical Christianity I know this is strong this morning church I love freedom But there's a better freedom There's an eternal freedom In Christ Freedom from your sin Freedom from the hurt Freedom from the addictions There's freedom In Christ for you Today There's a world that says we should give our eyes to whatever it desires. It entangles us in pornography and lusts and covetousness and destruction. This is a world that says riches will satisfy you, but it leaves us empty. And it's a desire that will never satisfy. We have to get back to the word. This is all what the word says. It will never satisfy. This world says he is not enough. Who are you going to believe this morning? That He is enough, or what the world says that He's not enough and He can't set you free? Some of you are sitting here, and your heart's pounding. You're like, "But I don't know if I can be set free. Can I? Can I be free from this?" You're internally right now. You're struggling with it. That's real. But that's also God saying, "I can. I am enough." I overcame this world. I can overcome that thing that lies within you, that entangles you. I can overcome the things that are without. I can overcome. What did he speak? To the rich fool. He says, there's a, a man that came to said, Jesus, will you please tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me? There's a lot of, I talk to my parents. My parents are getting a little bit older and they're we're talking about inheritance and I'm getting put on their... Um, Executor of the wills, things that you and they—we're talking about this stuff. But I've also seen it: inheritances divide families because of the stuff. And I I told my dad at one point, I said, "You know what? Please do me a favor, and just—if you have anything left and you feel like you want to give it, it'll be added blessing. But please just divide it evenly. I do not want to fight with my siblings." And so that's what he did. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I think because I've seen it where it's just—it tears people apart. And this man is saying okay, I want my hair, so I'm coveting after what my brother has and I want the stuff. And then he begins to, to build up his own, his own house and his own things that he possessed. But our life is not to consist in the abundancy of what we possess. He who lays in the scriptures says he who lays treasure for himself is not rich towards God. We've allowed our culture the ways of man to navigate our lives in a man, manner that which is contrary to his word. That's why I'm saying, get back to his word and what he is speaking. And what Jesus said to this man, because he said, "You become at ease. You've been drinking, being merry, you're doing all these things. You become at ease. How have we become at ease being in this world? It's a fight, church, to stand up in this time." Jesus said to him, this night will your soul be required of you. Please do not wait. If you're entangled, do not wait another moment because Christ is here to set you free. Do not wait because you don't know if you have tomorrow. You don't know if Jesus is going to come and say, your soul is required of you. But what did he say after this, this passage that he talked about, the rich fool? Again, back to his word. What does his word say? He says, you don't need to be worried about the stuff. I know some of you're worried about the stuff, your bills, your house, where you're going to live, what you're going to eat. He says, but I care about even the birds. Aren't you more valuable to me than the birds? If you will seek my kingdom, all these things will be added unto you. That's where the blessing is, not in the world and the things that we possess, but in his kingdom, in his freedom, in his healing. Lastly, and I'm going to paraphrase this. I was going to read it all, but I'm not going to. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, again, Jesus goes before us to speak to us and prepare us for what's ahead. Part of this says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captive of gullible women loaded down with sin. I know these are strong words, but we have to read these words, guys. Yeah. We got to get back to reading his word. Our, I mean, this, you think this was a new problem? All these things, we go back through this list here. You think this is new? Right. Wait, when was this written? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing new under the sun. Go back to his word. It'll guide you. It will lead you. And what does Timothy, Timothy say in this part? He says, you have seen me go through these things. You have seen the perilous things come to me. But he says, out of them all has God delivered me. Yes. Out of them all. Have you asked him this morning, God, where? Have you asked him, what am I entangled to? He can deliver you out Will you stand with me this morning, church, and just close your eyes and lift your hands? He is able. He is able, and he loves you. He just so wants you to be engulfed in where word. The word is also a person. There's power here in the scripture, which we need to get back to, because in this Bible, you will find him. You will know him. You will know how to overcome in this world. You can take your seat belts off. I want you to just lift your hands for a moment. Just be alone right where you are with the Lord. Are you holding on to his word? Are you hearing him speak? Or will you be one that listens and says it's not for me? We say well I don't really understand so it's not for me or will you allow his word into your heart this morning to say God I want you to set me free I want to be transformed by the power of your word I don't care if you're entangled with an addiction or if you're oppressed, depressed anxious Lost in your sin, Christ is here so that you can live free. Everything can go in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come and just stand up here at the front for a moment. Just keep your eyes closed, keep your hands raised. Your prayer teams, I need all the elders and all our prayer teams to come on up. Jesus, just keep your eyes closed for a moment. Just put out every distraction. It's okay to say that you are entangled. Every one of us has something we've become entangled to. Every one of us has something that Christ wants to set us free in. So there's no condemnation here. You don't need to be embarrassed whether some of your heart is burning and your your heart is pounding and you need freedom this morning. This is your time. Don't hold on to that bondage and that thing any longer. Don't be entrapped. God is here to deliver you. If that's you, I ask you to come forward this morning. Secondly, some of you need to repent and turn for neglecting his word. You have been one who says, I don't need to hear this. That's for somebody else, not for me. It's time to turn and to say, God, to repent. If you acknowledge that, I want you to come. Some of you need strength in the battles and the chaos that you're facing. You can't hear. Your, your hearing has been disrupted. It has been blocked. And you're just like, I can't everywhere. I turn the pressure. All these things that are coming after us are here. They're... God, I need you. I need your strength so I can overcome. If that's you, I want you to come this morning. We're going to sing a song of worship. And if these three things are applied to you, you need to be set free. There's something in your life you've become entangled to and you want God to set you free, come up. If you need to repent and turn to His word, come up and just kneel. But you don't even have to have somebody pray. If you come and kneel at this altar. If you need strength for the battle you're facing, the Lord is here. Come, church.